0: little bit of a ring so you're going to turn it down or something there if you will. Psalms 139, 23, and 24. And I'm going to read to you these two verses. We're just going to pray and then you can you can sit down and you can be seated for the rest of the service. Uh, we're going to be talking this morning on a subject. Uh, I've titled it. It's called King of My Heart. And we'll, we'll go back to that graphic in just a few minutes. I'm going to share with you something that's been on my heart for probably at least the last several months and uh, it's been in. And so I want you today to be able to receive this, and I want to talk to you about what worship really is. Because a lot of people have that kind of confused because they think that worship is something that is, well, they think that because we now do a lot of praise and worship in in more uh, churches that are not necessarily traditional churches, and even your traditional churches are moving to that, but praise is different than worship. And so what we're going to zero in on a little bit is worship. We're going to talk about where it comes from. We're going to talk about why you do it why we do it, why do we worship God, what is worshiping God, and when I say all of that to you, because worship is really, it's a love expression from us back to the Father, to God, uh, for His grace, and, and so we're going we're to get there today, but let's read the scripture and then we'll go, then we'll sit down, Psalms 139, verses 23 and 24, it says, search me, this is David, he said, search me, oh God, and know my heart, try me and know my anxieties and see if there is any wicked way in me and lead me into the way everlasting. Father, we thank you today for your love again and your grace. We thank you, Lord, for every person Lord, that's coming to this house today. Every person that's here, we ask you, Lord, to use them, move upon them. We pray in the name of Jesus. We pray, God, this word would go forth and, God, that it would be, Lord, that you would be honored in everything that is done. Lord, that we would receive it and we would leave here with more than what we came. Now, Father, we give you praise. Everybody in the house said amen. Blake, I don't know if it's my monitors or overhead. We've just got a little bit of a ring somewhere. All right. I want to get started this morning. This is one of those messages I'm going to probably teach more than I preach. I may preach a little bit more than I teach, but I need you to hang with me for a few minutes. I need you to stay with me because I'm going to share something with you that I believe will be pivotal for your year, the year ahead to be a year that you move out of where you've been in 2019 to where you need to be in 2020. There's some stuff that you don't need to carry into 2020. Come on, somebody. You don't need to carry into 2020. And worship is one of those things that we need to recognize and realize is something that's it's, it's within us that God is wanting us to worship Him. And I want to ask you this question. You don't have to answer it out loud, but I want you to think about it for just a few moments or just a moment or two how long has it been since you told someone who you really are? You just sat down with somebody and really began to tell them who you are. And most of the people, when you ask them, or you get real with them, and you really just sit down one-on-one and get real with them, you you ask them, hey guy, who are you really? Who are you really on the inside? Because the truth of it is, a lot of people come to church and they're wearing a facade. They, they, best, they, they dress their Sunday best, they do all of those different things, but the question is, when you ask that to people, the answer that we usually give is a version of who we are, but not who we really are. How are you doing this? Well, I'm, I'm great, I'm great, I'm great. How are you doing today? I'm just blessed and highly favored God. How are you doing today? We tell all of those things, but on the inside of us, we've got this stuff that's eating away at us, that we're dealing with, that God is really wanting to deal with. You know, Or, or we may even answer, well, I just got some stuff going on in my life, but we'll never really get real with people. And the truth of it is this, if we're ever going to have a successful new year, I need you to hear this because this is going to help you, in our life, one, we're going to have to learn how God intends for us to worship Him, where it comes from, but also to have a successful new year, we have got to settle our yesterday. There's stuff that we'll carry around that we will, not intentionally, but we will carry around. And we'll bring that with us and we'll have that in our life. And we cannot take that into the new year. I believe that God has got something great for you. He's got something great for me. That I'm not just here in this world to exist, but I'm here for a purpose and a plan. And that if I really want to be successful, I really want to make a difference. If I really want to do what our, uh, our vision statement says, which is we want people to know God. Amen. We want them to find freedom. We, we want them to do both of those things. We want them to know God. We want them to walk in freedom, know freedom. That's part of us. We want them for them to discover purpose. They want to figure out why we're here. Why, why do we exist in the earth? And then thirdly, to make a difference in the world we're in. If we're ever going to really truly do that, then you first have to settle your yesterdays. Whatever you've been dealing with in the past, You've got to try to settle that in your heart, and that's what we're going to talk about because worship comes from a place, it comes from love, but it centers from our heart. I'm going to show you a couple of things to do today that will help you with that. I know me better than anybody else knows me, and you know you better than anybody else knows you, but can I tell you today that nobody knows you like God knows you? And there, you, I had a guy tell me this uh, a couple of weeks ago he said to me he said he said preacher which i'm you know that's kind of a weird thing for me because i don't have many people call me preacher most people look at me and say i would guess you a pastor that's okay you just complimented me i wasn't trying to look like one okay uh, preacher i'm sorry because those pictures got guys in it they got beer bottles in their hand i said can i tell you something you're not offending me and you're not the one that i you don't have to stand in front of me they don't have to stand in of me that's the thing you got to realize it's god that we have to that we're going to be before are you hearing what i'm telling you so it isn't it isn't that they have to make that up for me but nobody knows me like god and i'm grateful look at this that god knows tony winkler like he knows me and still loves me the way that i am but refuses to leave me there are you hearing me are you hearing what i'm telling you amen he still loves me so the question is this what is our response to the level of grace and mercy that God has given to us which simply says this, what will we do with the love? We just celebrated Christmas. We just celebrated the birth of Christ. In just a few months, it will be here before you know it. We're going to be celebrating Easter. What do we do in response to God loving us in such a manner that he would send his son to the earth through a virgin girl, walk on the earth about 32 and a half to 33 years, And then he would go to a cross. Jesus was born to die. That's why he came. That was the reason that he came. What will we do in response to his grace and his mercy that we've been given? We are to express it through worship. And I need you to understand, get this, and I'm going to teach to you a lot this morning. Worship is what heaven is going to be filled with. Worship will be what heaven is filled with. Now we're probably a little bit more radical, a little bit more crazy than what some people are used to. We got a lot of different backgrounds here in this church. When everybody's filling the church, but we're a little bit different. But we sing a little bit louder. Yes, we're singing off of. Uh, you know, we got screens up here, and times we'll have bands up here, whatever. We're we're a little bit different than the typical. But can I just say something to you? That isn't even worship in itself. Worship is an expression of love that comes from who you are back. to expression of what mercy and grace has been bestowed upon you but let me let me put this out there to you let me give this to you that when you get to heaven heaven is going to be filled with worship the bible says there are there are 24 elders that never stop saying holy holy is the lamb of god they're continually worshiping god not for what he has done but for who he is are you with me Are you following me? And so for us, you say, Pastor, why do you guys walk up around the front, you guys lift your hands up, y'all clapping your hands, y'all just crazy people. Why do you do that? Because we believe that we're just getting, this is just the rehearsal for what heaven's going to be like. Amen? This is the rehearsal. So if you don't like worship, you may not want to show up in heaven. But I'm going to tell you, you won't like the other place either. Even worse and i'm not just wanting to go to heaven so i can miss hell i'm wanting to go to heaven because i love jesus he's the one that lived, he's the one that died for me he gave himself for me it's not about missing hell this morning it's not out of a well i need to do this because if i if i don't i'm going to go to hell i love him therefore i worship him And when I get to heaven, I'm not looking for streets of gold, walls of jaspers, doorknobs of pearl. I'm not looking for grandma, grandpa. They'll be there, I feel sure, the ones that gave their hearts to Christ. But when I get to heaven, I'm looking for the one who saved me by his grace. His name is Jesus. Amen. So let me help you a little bit this morning. I'm going to try to. We want to move through this. I'm going to try to do it as quickly as we can. So what we've got to do is work on what worship looks like now, so heaven may come sooner than we expect. Some people didn't realize some people that we love didn't make it into won't make it into 2020. Come on, somebody! I mean, they won't. And, and, and some are young, and some are not so young. But but I believe that we need to work on our worship now because worship comes. And I'm going to just throw these out there to you and give them to you quickly. Worship is not worship if it doesn't come from a heart of love. Can I tell you something, you can't really know, I'm not talking about love in the sense that you love your wife, you love your kids, you love your husband, I'm talking about agape love, without getting too technical, it is the love that comes from God. You can't really love your kids, you can't love your wife, you can't love your husband unless you know the love of God. Does that make sense? But the love of God is different than the love you love your your spouse with or your kids with. So worship is not really worship unless it comes from a heart of love, which comes from God. Worship is not worship if it's not expressed. What do you mean? I got so tickled because LSU mocked up with Oklahoma State. Not that I necessarily had a had a tiger or a horse or whatever it is in the fight. But I got so tickled because people are putting up these memes. And they're putting these memes up on, 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 on fa- social media. And it's people doing all of this stuff. And Coach O's doing all of this stuff. And he's kind of radical. And you know that some of you that will come into church, and you'll sit there and you'll go, I just don't know this. It, you're the one standing on your couch in the middle saying, Come on, what are you doing? You know, when Mississippi State's playing. Come on, somebody. Or your Tigers are playing. Or my Vols are playing. You're the one doing that. You know what that is? That's a, us expressing what we want to see, what we desire. Can I tell you that worship in its truest form is actually expressed that it's okay to say amen. That it's all right to clap your hands. Now I'm not telling you that's all of worship. I'm telling you that is the that's the nuts and bolts of a lot of what we do We believe that it's okay. We believe that it's all right. We believe that heaven is not going to be a quiet place. Are you with me? I believe there will be quiet moments, but I believe there are going to be people that are worshiping God. The elders are, and I believe that His church will. The angels will not be able to worship like you will, church. Let me throw this out there too, you hear me. The angels have no idea about being redeemed by His blood. You and I know about being redeemed by His blood. We understand what it is to know salvation. They cannot be uh, uh, saved, but you and I have that option according to the Word of God. Look at this. Worship is not love if it's not in your heart. And here's where we're going to get a little bit deep here. I, I get so tickled at people because they will express things in their lives differently than I do. You get a $2 raise on the job, you'd be like, "Woo, glory. $2, coming to my way. $2 on the paycheck. $2 a week, whatever it is. $2 an hour. Got a raise, but hear me. What's sad is, you got people who will express their love or their appreciation over two bucks more than they will God's grace on Sunday. And the thing is, that's where you and I need to check our heart. Remember, worship comes from love, and worship comes from not just from your from your love, it's expressed, but it also comes from the center or the center of who you are. I, I watch some of you that are not on social media, or you are. Uh, the kids call it the gram. Y'all know what the gram is? Sierra knows what the gram is. The gram is Instagram. I watch people on Instagram. It's so funny to me because, man, they will get crazy during Christmas about ham, macaroni and cheese, mashed potatoes, It goes against their meal plans, it goes against their Pilates plans, it goes against their exercise plan, but they will express their love over ham, chicken, dressing, ooey gooey pumpkin pie more than they will Jesus. That's right. Here's the point. It is possible to get caught up in expressing our love for things that are not really worthy, hear this, of our heart's attention. It's okay to get a little bit excited about things, but we, what happens to us as a body of Christ is that we get caught up in expressing love to things that really is not worthy of our heart's attention. I want you to do something for me. I promise you nobody's going to do anything to you. I want you to take a moment, close your eyes, just close your eyes with me, and they're going to change the screen for me, and then I'm going to ask you to open them. I need my first pick. If we can get it, there we go. Now open your eyes. If I said to you, what do you think a heart looks like? Most people, this is their mascot for what a heart looks like. Something similar. I love you. Come on, somebody. I mean, I'm telling you the truth this morning. This is what we do. This is how we express. This is what we think about. Is This is what we, we consider. When we say, I love you with my whole heart, especially our teenagers, especially the young adults and the moms that are even, a lot of them in their 40s, you know, we got to put the little hearts, you know, at the end of the thing. Or we got to send the thing to our husband that's the, you know, the emoji with the, you know, the heart thing. Yeah, y'all looking at each other now. Uh, like, you know exactly what I'm talking about, right? That's what we do. But let me, let me show you the next one here, and then this is what some of you have been through in 2019. <laughs> You know, you've been working on relationship goals, but that's what you're dealing with right there. That's the sign of the broken heart that a lot of people think about because what they've been through in 2019 is really bad. And then we got those of you that are very scientific. You're very scientific thinking. You're very, you you know, when we say your heart, you're thinking about the anatomy of the heart. And I'm going to tell you as I talk to you this morning that I'm not talking about any three of those. Because when we say, I love you with my whole heart, What we're saying is with everything that's inside of me, all of my being, everything that I have, I give that to you. Not with a blood pumping vessel in the center of your chest. Not with this thing we do like this. Or even our broken heart. We're talking about the center of who you are. Now, so today, Travis is going to love this today. There are going to be some others that are really going to love this today because I know you. You're nerds. You're nerds. Marcus, you know, nerds. Y'all got me? I mean, Nathan, nerd. You old, but you're a nerd now. <coughs> this is the best picture that I, I hunted and hunted and hunted and hunted to show you about the center. Anybody recognize it? Lift your hand up. Mm-hmm. If you don't, I me and you may not be able to be friends. Did you know that the Bible mentions the heart over 800 times? And did you know that in the 800 times that he's mentioned it, he's not talking about the sinner uh, this vessel in the middle of your heart or your chest. He's not talking about any of the other things. He's not even talking about this, but this is the best example that I can give you of how. So this pic gives you the mental image of what a heart looks like. What do you mean by that, Pastor? I need some help. This is Star Trek. The first one was aired in September 8, 1966. The way I know about it is because these people posted about it in Nickelodeon. Starship Enterprise made its debut on ABC, and there's been some newer uh, newer movies that emerged. That's the newer Command Center. Everybody with with me on that now? And when we look at the bridge, which is what this is called, and ships have it, and, of course, this is the Starship, there's one particular thing that I want to look at this morning, and I'm going to help you with it because we're going to change from this picture to one that you're going to understand. There's a seat right there in the middle, and that's where who sat there? The captain sat there. I mean, everybody knows who the captain was. Who was the captain? Captain Kirk. He don't look like he did then. Uh Uh-uh. He ain't on the meal plan. (laughs) But this is what it looks like. Now, I know it's a little bit more difficult for you to see, but there's people sitting on each side, See people sitting here, a woman here, two on each side here, all kinds of people here, and they're all working. It's the command center, but there's one person at the center of it, and that's the captain. Y'all with me now? Give me the next picture. The question that you and I have to understand is, in your heart, the center of who you are, the command center, because it's not the blood pumping vessel, but it is actually who you are on the inside, and I'm going to show you that. What you need to understand is who's going to sit on the throne of your heart. Who's going to sit in the command center? Who's going to be the one in the chair? If you say you, then I'm going to ask you, how's that working for you? How did that work for you in 2019? How did that work for you in the past? That's the decision that you and I have to make. Who's going to who's going to be seated there? I'm not talking just to lost people this morning. I'm talking to us The people who've come in here, you're the true blue with all that's going on. You're the ones that showed up this morning and said, Pastor, I know it's raining, I know there's a lot of sickness, but I'm going to come to church today. I'm talking to us. That we've got to make up our minds who is going to be the king. Who is going to be the person. And there's a captain that will always be seated in the middle. There is a king who will always be seated on the throne of your heart. The question is, who is going to sit there? Because the person who sits there has the right to be the king of your heart. From your heart, give me the next picture, guys. And we're going to use this picture a lot this morning. I'm teaching more and I'm preaching. But, and I hope that you can see it. I'll help you with it a little bit. The center of who you are, or this is representing your heart. We're going to use the mascot for that so you kind of get it, okay? It's the center of who you are. Everything from your life comes from there the character of who you are, your feelings. You remember the people that were in the picture that's sitting around doing all the little deals they're working on the bridge. You know what I'm talking about? They're doing all the buttons, the things that guys like me and Travis want to go in and punch and turn and twist and all of that stuff. That's what this represents. It's that your heart is the command center. This is the controls of that. Your character, your feelings, your thoughts, your conscience, your emotions, your will, your intellect. All of those things... From the center of who you are, Pastor, what in the world does this have to do with Jesus worship and me? I got, I'm on, just hang with me, hang with me, hang with me. The reason that a lot of times we have trouble coming into a church service and we'll say, Hey, y'all want to work, you know, let's worship the Lord, let's worship God, is because there's so much going on. And I'm going to point here because that's what we think about in the center of who we are emotionally, in our feelings, our intellect, our will, all of this stuff that we can't hardly worship because we got on our mind what's happened on the job on Monday, what's going on on Tuesday. Somebody else is sitting on the throne on Wednesday. Come on, somebody. Thursday is not what we thought it would be and all of this stuff, our conscience is bothering us because we know we did something that we don't even deserve His grace or His mercy, but He doesn't say to me, come all of you who are well and whole He said bring those that are sick and hurting those that need me, those that are destitute, those that need Jesus, who can make a real difference in your life, but you are the only one who can choose who sits in the captains All of these other things comprise, they make up who you are. Your character, you can't buy that with money. Your intellect, what you think about, the will that you have. But here, what I'm going to share with you on this anything or anyone sitting on the throne of your heart is the one giving direction. And if it's not God, it's an idol. I'll help you. Hang on. The issue in the church is this. We got a lot of people that believe that the people outside of the church are the only ones that have idols. But the truth of it is, most of us who come to church have them. Yet God said, don't have them. Come on, somebody. I mean, you ain't got to pat nobody and say, that's good preaching, Pastor. You just give me a good amen, you know, like one of those points. You know what I'm talking about? And the reason that most of us come through seasons. We just did a series called, uh, what was it, Seasons Change, and talking about winter seasons, how bad winters can be, and how good uh, spring can be for some unless you deal with allergies. And the winter seasons, that represents the dark times of your life, the bad times, the hard times, the sick times, the times that kids aren't doing what they ought to be doing. That's what the winter represents, the spring represents, the flowers blooming, everything's changing, everything's good. We just talked about that here recently. The reason that we do have good seasons and we are hearing from God loudly and clearly, the reason is because he's usually setting on that place. You made yourself a resolution at January 1, I'm going to serve Jesus with all of my heart. This year, I'm not letting anything keep me out of church. Pastor, church doesn't have anything to do with me being a Christian. I will argue that with you and take scriptures, but I don't have time this morning to do it. I'm telling you that it's important that you do. What is the church? The church is made up of a bunch of people. That's right. And God never intended you to live your life alone. He intended you to live it with others. He intended for you and I to lift one another up, to care for each other. That's why we do small groups. That's why we believe it's such an important thing. But the reasons you have good seasons, hear this, in your life is because He had your heart. He's sitting on that. But the reason sometimes that we have bad seasons is because we got God on our heart Things are going good in our life and then the promotion comes at the job and we get more money and we get more hours and we get all of this stuff and listen, work begins to have that place. Pastor, i got to work. I know you do. Sometimes uh, we create it just so we have to. Okay, I'll just move on because I'm going to get where you are today. Pastor, I don't understand. I don't understand. It's not my job that I'm dealing with. No, but you're seeking Mr. Right or Mrs. Right, trying to find that more than you are God. When Matthew 6.33, not on the screen this morning, says seek first, the kingdom of God and His righteousness and all these other things will be added to you. It doesn't say add them to you and then seek God. And what we want to do, I'm preaching better than a lot of you are helping me this morning, is we let stuff get on the seat of our, of our heart, the throne of our heart, that don't belong there. It has our attention. It has our thoughts. It's where our feelings are at. It's our consciousness. It's our intellect. It's our will. It's our emotions, and we wonder why it's that way. God wants you to let Jesus be the king of your heart today, and everything that God is wanting from you comes from your heart. I know, y'all, y'all like Pastor. Really, we all gonna get heart surgery. Today. We all gonna. Get Proverbs 23, 7. For as he thinks in his heart, so is he. One translation says, as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. 1 Samuel 16, 7. Let me give this to you. But the Lord said to Samuel, don't look at the appearance. He's talking about David here. He was about to make him king. Don't look at his physical stature because I've refused him. For the Lord doesn't see a man as a man sees him. For a man looks at the outward appearance. Look at what this. But the Lord's looking where? He's not looking at the blood pumping vessel in the center of your being. He's looking at all the things that connect you together. God does not look at what you're doing. Look at this. He looks at who you are. God is not going to give you what your heart can't handle. I, if I could just find Mr. Right, if I could just find Mrs. Right, let me tell you, if your heart's not ready, you don't want to find them. If I could just get more money, if I could just make more money, listen to me. Look at me. Your pastor knows this is not braggingly. I know guys that never boast of it, but they are millionaires that are friends. But I'm telling you, you won't know they are, and they will tell you when you find it out or figure it out that one of the worst things they have to deal with is the curse of having so much money. Money is not your answer. 2 Corinthians 9 and 7. He said, so look at this. I'm going to share this with you because we're looking at money. We're just going to throw this out there. He said, so let each one of you give as he purposes in his heart, not grudgingly or out of necessity, for God loves a cheerful giver. You know, an example of that, so I'm going to give that to you, is this. Everybody hear this. We just did what we call a Christmas legacy offering. It's not for this church. An offering is out of an obedient heart. So what we do is we have missionaries that we support, one in South America one down in in Honduras. We have a local mission that's drug and rehab here that have been tightly and still tightly connected with this church that we give to. And then we gave to retired pastors in Mississippi this year over $4,250 from this little old church. Here's the thing. We didn't spring that on you. Nine weeks ahead of time, back in October, I said, look, this is what we feel like we need to do to help these other people. And you know what? Some of us purposed in our heart early in the year because we knew we did it last year, we'll do it again. And we purposed in our heart what we were going to do and what we were going to give. That's what that scripture says. You've already purposed it in in your heart. You had time to think about it. And those of us that do that, your character will not allow you to go and just say, hey, this is what I did. Because it's not about you feeling good about yourself. It's about your heart and your obedience. Come on, somebody. And God wants you to worship from His heart. Giving is connected to your heart. It is worship. Giving is worship. Giving is worship. It is worship. And and, and the thing is, love comes from God, and to give from a heart of love, God has to sit there on the throne. So when you say, I'm going to give this offering, And and we've got accountability, people that are in accountability, and we say, guys, we're going to do this with this offerings, and we make sure of it. The state office has even called my assistant, Bethany's assistant, Angela, and said, hey, we got this check-in. We just want to make sure that it's going to the right place. And we said, yes, we want it to go to retired ministers or, 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 or their wives that need help this year. We want to do that, but listen to what I'm about to tell you. We did that because God wants it from a heart of worship and out of love or love out of a heart of worship too and the reason we did it that way is because we don't want you to feel like somebody's trying to overpressure you because that's been done in, in the past I apologize for the men who do that because we don't do that here that's why I'm against getting up and springing an offering on you the Sunday of that makes sense? Because I know that most people's heart is very tightly connected to that thin leather thing in their back pocket or that nice one you've got tucked in your purse. Thank you. Siri's talking to me. I'm sorry. So you give from the heart of love. Look at Matthew 15, 19. For out of the heart proceeds, and I want them to go back once we finish this to my my screen, my central command center screen. Out of the heart, perceive, look at what it says. Evil thoughts, murders, adulteries, fornication, thefts, false witnesses, witness blasphemies. Go back to my other screen, if you will, Kelly, the one that we there we go. You say, Pastor, so out of my heart flows love. Flows it, it has to be God there, and then it has to be worship to God. That's what all of that is about. And you say, I don't understand why I'm going through this stuff, and I, I'm gonna give you. I'm just gonna try to give you this, this little illustration. You say, "Well, I, I didn't expect." This is the only thing I could think of in my mind at this point. If it's a bad one, it's just a bad one. I didn't expect to cheat on my spouse. Now, I just read to you a scripture that says, "From your heart." That's where it all comes from. Listen to me, everybody. Listen to me. We're, we're dealing with an age of social media. We're dealing, uh, Wayne and I had this conversation back in the back just a few minutes ago in the green room. We're dealing in an age where people are so connected, they're disconnected on social media. It really has made us that way. That's why we text our kids and say, come to the table and get something to eat. All right. Honey, you upstairs? Th- that's where we're living at. But from all of that, here's what's beginning to happen. We've got a thing called social media, and it's uh, it covers a broad area. Facebook seems to be the huge thing for moms and dads who you're in your 30s, 40s, and 50s and think it's the greatest thing in the world. That's why your kids are moving to Instagram. Amen. I'm preaching. But on Facebook, the reason that people end up doing some of the things they do is because they've already purposed it in their heart. That's why you liked it. I didn't intend to cheat. Yeah, but you friended when you should have not friended. Is it making sense? Do you know why? Because somebody something else is setting there instead of what should be. But from this, everything else has flown. If, if, if it's you that's setting there, that's why you've done that. Or if you've allowed anything else to be there, that's why. It's because we've allowed that to become the center of who we are. That, that's your emotions that get involved. Are you following me? Your emotions, because most women that end up in an affair, it isn't an affair of a sexual affair. Oh, I, I said it in church, yes. They end up in emotional affairs. They don't have to have the, the, the intimacy that we do. All they need is to be able to have somebody to talk to because their husband's working all the time. I'm preaching. I'm trying to get there. I'm trying to help you. We're, you're not connected. You're spending so much time on your kids. Oh, I'm going I'm to get there. You've turned your intellect off and you sent your character away so that you could act on your feelings which was already in your heart. That's why. Romans 10 and 10. For with the heart one believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. Christians want to change their actions, but God wants to change if king, if Jesus is king of your heart, then he's going to give you direction to your heart and your actions are going to follow. But if you let something else sit there, that's what you're going to follow. That's the way you're going to go. What are you telling me, Pastor? I'm telling you that who or what that is seated on the throne of your heart will control you. It'll control things that you do. Listen to this. It'll have the final word. It'll have the final say over the things it will instruct you and it will direct you. Amen. Jesus needs to be the one sitting on the throne of your heart. That's why it's so hard many times for us to come and worship. What, what, let me help, help me understand it, Pastor. God wants to be seated there. I'm telling you, when I say God, Jesus, y'all understand what I'm saying. God wants to be seated there on Sunday morning, but there's some setting in here that would say today, hey, God's been seated on the throne of my heart today, and by New Year's, you won't be able to find him. Something else will be there. It's how quick people change. That's how quick it is. And God never wants the rotation of your heart. What do you mean the rotation of our heart? Because it's the cycle that a lot of people are on. Hey, Sunday morning, hey, King Jesus, he's seated there. On Monday morning, it's the job that's seated there. Are you hearing me? Are you hearing what I'm telling you? We put him on rotation. On Tuesday, it's our marriage that's seated there. On Wednesday, it's our money. On Thursday, it's our feelings. On Friday, it's our family. On Saturday, it's sports. On Sunday morning, it's King Jesus again. And by Sunday night, somebody done slipped off into lust. It's better than what some people are saying. And listen to this. Look, you're the only one that can give permission to the person who will be king over your heart. God is the only one worthy. This is is really my only point. We're going to close here. God's only the only one worthy to be king over your heart or in your heart. Jesus paid the bill for your sin, my sins, and he's the only one worthy. And everything else and everyone else is counterfeit that tries to sit there. Nothing else can provide for you what God can give to you. Not anything, not anyone can take his place. And if it does, it is an idol. What is an idol, pastor? Okay, I'm going help you. Real quickly, just we're gonna throw them out there. This is not an exhaustive list. These are the ones that popped in my head that I'm right that I wrote down. An idol can be anything. It can be it can be sports. It can be success. It can be a celebrity that you're looking to. It can be a relationship that you're in. It can be worry. Mm-hmm. Worry can set right there in the center, and it will control you. And if worry sits there long enough, it will develop into fear. And fear will overtake your life, but yet the Bible says that God did not give you a spirit of fear, but of power and of a sound mind. Why was the thorns put upon Jesus' head so that you could have peace in your mind? Did you know that? Do a little study and you'll find it. The The thorns that, he, that was put upon his head was so that you would have peace in your mind. That's why he took the things that he took are part of the reason that he took that. So idols can be any of these things. It can be worry. It can be pride. It can be your family. My family? Yeah, your family. Pastor, what do you mean by my family? Because you're trying to be everything to him, you boo, you honey, you sugar, you sweetheart. While trying to be everything to your kids, and if you're not careful, you could put them at the center of that, and lose sight of who God is. And everything's wrapped up in about about family, and that's not true. God wants you to love your family, and God has to have number one, first place in your life, and then your family, then the ministry that God has put you where you serve, what you do. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Because I'm going to touch there a little bit. Because ministry that takes anything away from what God has intended has become an idol. I know people that are in ministry serving because they're feeling an insecurity in their life that they won't allow God to have enough time to heal so they just cover themselves. They do it on the job. They do it in ministries. I know people that do it. And I've had conversations with people. I'll say, look, if you don't slow down, if you don't take some time off, if you don't do this, you're going to end up falling. Pastor, why would you say that? In 1987, where Bethany and I met, we were in a Bible college in Baton Rouge, Louisiana, without saying a lot of names, where we met, where we were both in college. And there was a well-known evangelist that was on television that all the time that many of you that are in the AARP range would understand who I'm talking about this morning, that we were seated in the sanctuary of that church when he stood before everybody to say that he had fallen from... from from his grace and the assemblies of God was going to deal with him and all of these different things. And we're sitting there at 18-year-old kids in disbelief about what's going on. And prior to that, there were people in his life who had told him, you need to take some time off. You need to step down. You need to step back because you're covering yourself with what's known as ministry and you're going to fall. And guess what? It happened. Because when you're serving or you're doing ministry to feel an insecurity in your life and you won't allow God's presence to heal you, it will get you. Family that sits on the throne of your heart, it's an idol. We cover it. You know what's bad about it? Look at this. Look at this real quick. I'm I'm getting close. We'll cover it with this. We'll cover it with this. We'll thank God for what took his place. four rows and run up and down the aisles, but I'm telling you something that'll help you move into 2020. Because if you don't get this settled in your heart, you're going to have trouble again in 2020. It, it does you no good to you know, to run, shout, whatever you're doing in church if you've still got this stuff going on and, the, and Jesus really isn't sitting there. If he's not sitting there, that's why, that's why they're cycling all the time. That's why there's a constant cycle of what's happening because they've never enthroned Jesus on their heart. In their heart, did you know that Lucifer's original sin was exactly what I'm talking about, which was a pride issue. His original sin was this: I, I'm. He was the worship angel. We taught him on this on Wednesday night here, not too long ago. He was the one who was originally over worship in heaven. Read your Bibles and you'll find out his name was Lucifer and he was cast from heaven like lightning. And a third, or is it a third? Yeah, a third of the angels were, were taken with him. Why was he? Why was that? Because he was doing something that was supposed to be for God and to give God glory. Instead, he took it himself. And pride was what caused him to go down. But most people assume that it's only non-believers who have pride. But I'm going to tell you it's not. I will not read it today, but I will take you to 2 Kings Chapter 17, and I'll just give you this real quick summary of it as we get ready to finish this thing down. Israel was told from the very beginning, don't have any other idols, don't have any other gods, don't have any other gods. Second king, Israel, had some, the New Living Translation says new residents who moved in to the to the town or the neighborhood. They set up their own churches, they appointed their own priests, and Israel was warned, don't ever worship any other gods. However, they began to worship, the Bible says in the New Living Translation, worthless idols. That's how it, that's what happened. And these new neighbors would not listen to their fathers, their grandfathers, or their mothers, their forefathers. The Bible one place says ancestors. They rejected the commands of God. They practiced, the Bible says, witchcraft. They were looking and consulting horoscopes. And you know what they were doing? You say, well, they just was worshiping another god. No, you know what they were doing? Read your Bible, and you're going to find out that they were mixing the worship of God with the worship of idols. It's in there. Believe me. Read it for yourself. And what they were doing was they were trying to mix that and saying, well, if we just worship God, we can still follow these idols. But I want to tell you what happened that's really so sad as we bring this down, and they're going to bring some music up. Look at this. This is verse 40 would not listen. They would and they continued.